Welcome to Monday Mornings with Dr. Mona, where each week I answer your questions. Hi, Dr. Mona. I recently saw your post about co-watching videos on TV and YouTube, whatever it may be, with um, Ryan. And I was curious about how you do that, tips and tricks. Um, I have two sons. One is three and a half and one is 19 months old. And, you know, the little one gets exposed to a lot of TV because of his older brother. And I would love to co-watch with him and find out, um, you know, what things we should be saying, what things we should be pointing out, what to look for in things to co-watch rather than just mindlessly letting him watch. So hopefully you can answer this question. And um, I really look forward to hearing what you have to say. Thank you. Hello. Thank you for this question. I love talking about child development. I actually love talking about screen time because who doesn't love a good television show? And I also just really like talking about co-viewing or co-watching. It is one of my favorite developmental activities, which involves screen time. I know. I'm, I'm sure you're pretty shocked to hear that. But it allows you to diversify play but also promotes development if you do it right. So sometimes parents will say, well, what's the point of sitting with my child and co-watching if I want to do other things? You can still use screen time and have it be solo where they are watching the screen on their own and you are in the room or, you know, if they're older, fine, they're on their own. But I will go over tips on how to incorporate co-watching even after you allowed them to do solo watching. So you're going to get a few different tips in this. And we actually started co-viewing or co-watching with our son, Ryan, at around 14 months. Now, the AAP recommendations say that for screen time, avoid under 18 months, only use it for video chatting with family. Between 18 months to two years, you want to keep it very minimally. So ideally, no more than an hour, but they just say minimally with co-watching preferred. For two years to five years, one hour a day, ideally co-watching. You'll hear that come up a lot. And over five years old, parents decide on how many hours, but balance, sleep, exercise, household chores, keep healthy boundaries with no screens in the bedroom, no screens at the dining table, other healthy boundaries, which I actually think are important for younger children as well. So we started introducing it, like I said, around 14 months, and it was a balance between understanding his development and also using co-watching. So by 14 months, Ryan was showing signs of words. He had about three words by then, but he was also showing joint attention, the ability to get our attention by pointing. And also when we were looking at activities or things, he would also want to look at the same things if we directed him to that. So because of his development, we decided to do some co-watching earlier. And like I said, you know, this is before the 18 month recommendation from the AAP. This is what we decided to do, balancing his development and also the recommendations. And I encourage more parents to do that. So when you get recommendations on development or anything with your child, you can look at your resources and say, does this make sense? Is this something that we can do? How can I balance this with other activities or um, engaging things that I do with my child? My YouTube channel, Pete's Doc Talk TV, has an entire episode on screen time where I discuss how to create common sense rules. I don't talk about co-viewing, which is why I wanted to do a podcast episode today about it. So what is co-viewing or co-watching and why does it matter? I'm going to refer to this as co-viewing from here on out. 
So first, it helps us see and hear what our children are seeing and hearing. So television and movies provide our children with a lot of information, stimulation, if you want to use that word. Some is real, some is not. So deciding on what you're choosing to show your child is really important. And I will try to create a list of shows that I really like, but really it comes down to how are you engaging with your child. I don't like things with violence. I like things that teach kindness. These are my favorite types of things in programming for children. Images on the screen can also bring out really strong feelings. So when we watch a TV show or a movie with our child, we can ask them questions to help think about what they may be seeing and learning. So it doesn't just settle with them. It actually can be something that they can process. We can also help them make connections to what they learn at home or in school. So if they're in daycare or even a regular school. For example, if you're watching a show with animals in it, you can ask your child which animals are in the book that they love, that they may have read. What sound does the animal make? I know we feel like we may not use this later in life, but it's actually a great way to connect what they're seeing to language. If you have stuffed animals in your home or those animals that are being portrayed in the television show, you can have them go grab it. So sometimes we'll be watching Cocomelon, for example, and a duck will come on and I'll say, Ryan, go get your duck. And he has a duck in the play area. So he'll go get his duck and bring it back and go quack, quack, quack. Or we'll see a teddy bear and he'll grab his teddy bear and say, Bucky, and bring his teddy bear back. So not only is that providing language development, it also is providing some cognitive development for them to match what they're seeing on a TV show to what they're doing in real life and how the world works. It can also teach lessons. So if we're watching a show where somebody is hurt, you discuss that with them. You can use the TV as a medium for play. So when parents say, hey, it's not really giving me free time, you don't have to come up with the play idea. You're just sitting with your child. Like, I mean, that to me is a break sometimes. I just want to sit sometimes. I don't want to be on the ground. I don't want to go for a walk. I just want to sit. So you are now being able to sit and connect with them with a TV show that they love. It can also support early literacy skills and boost empathy and even help emotions after scary scenes that may occur. And I'll attach these links to my show notes from these articles about how co-watching can be beneficial for literacy development as well as empathy. When you ask children to name letters and things that they're seeing, it's more likely to stick. This is the principle of joint attention. Joint attention is so great for language development. Joint attention is when they notice something in their environment or you notice something in your environment and you both are connecting with each other. So by noticing something on a TV show and you bring out something that's on that TV show, you are now pointing it out to them. And they can say the word, the letter, the animal sound, whatever you want to teach them. And it's more likely going to stick in their language vocabulary than if you just kept repeating and repeating the word. The goal is for them to connect their surroundings with the word coming out of their mouth for it to stick. That is why cognitive development is so vital. And it's one of my favorite domains of development to discuss. Cognitive development is that ability to understand the world and how it works, but it also is an important foundation to develop language skills. If they see something that interests them and they want to express the word for what that is, they're more likely to have the impetus to do so if it's something that's interesting. And that something that's interesting could be something on a TV show or a movie. So now to decide what shows to choose. 
Ideally, choose a children's programming that doesn't annoy you. So if you find it annoying, you're less likely to want to engage with it. So I know so many parents who hate Cocomelon. You do not need to watch Cocomelon. There are tons of other shows. There are tons of other great shows. Choose one that you like. Right now, we are on a rotation. I like Cocomelon, but I really like Thomas the Train. I think that Thomas the Train teaches great skills and values um, about teamwork, about emotions. I love Trash Truck. Um, And then I also love Bluey. So we'll watch these in rotation. But choose a show that you like if it's going to be children's programming. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Becoming a new mom does not come with a manual, but I'm trying to get as close to it as possible. Are you expecting a baby or know somebody who is? Make sure to grab my first year course, The New Mom Survival Guide. The on-demand course contains modules covering parenting in the first year, newborn feeding like breast and formula feeding, newborn sleep and infant sleep, introduction of solids, safety, baby care how-tos, developmental milestones, teething, and so much more. With videos and printables, you will feel supported through the first year. The course also has a roadmap that takes you through what to expect visit by visit so you can feel more confident and calm in the choices that you make and the stages that you'll go through during your baby's first year. By purchasing, you also get access to our Facebook community to troubleshoot issues or concerns. It also makes a great gift that can support a new mom through her motherhood journey. Check out the New Mom Survival Guide by visiting pedsdoctalk.com and searching our popular courses. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, you can choose a show that you love that is family friendly. So if you follow me on my Instagram, Pete's Doc Talk, you know that I love Wheel of Fortune. I think it's actually one of the best co-watching programs that you can ever do. My goal is not to make Ryan a problem 
solving puzzle solving prodigy i don't want him to do that i don't expect a two-year-old to know all his letters and know how it goes together to make a puzzle but it's to introduce the concept of letters in a show that's fun for me too and he loves it i mean he will call out the letter b that's his favorite letter b b b and then he'll say c r he'll repeat the things that he's saying and seeing on the show and it's a social and emotional connection it's a bond that we're creating Remember, co-watching does a few things here. Not only is it building a social and emotional bond, which is so great, it's one of the healthiest domains of development because you're bonding together, maybe you're cuddling a little bit, maybe you're together and just enjoying the time as a family. It also can help promote language development because you're calling out things that you're seeing and teaching them the word or asking them to say the word. And it also builds cognitive development if you're bridging it to things in their environment. If you're asking them to go get the duck or show me your teddy bear, these are all things that can foster these three major domains of development. So it's a time to cuddle. Maybe your child doesn't like to cuddle, but it's a time to get together, focus your attention together, and share the experience of seeing and hearing the same thing, just like in story time. There was a study showing that parents who apply the techniques of high quality reading to watching videos, meaning how we engage with children when we're reading, if we can do that with a video watching and television watching, kids can score better on comprehension and vocabulary measures. So I really think that if you can do it this right way, where you are pointing things out, allowing them to say the words or connect it into the environment, it can really help. So now what to do once you've chosen the show. So this will be useful at any age. But don't expect them to ramble off responses if they're, you know, 18 months or a little younger than 18 months. Remember the recommendation that under 18 months, it's really just screen time with FaceTime. But if your child is doing well developmentally in terms of language and joint attention, you can make that decision as a family. If you want to start co-watching and doing some screen time before the 18 month mark, I leave it up to the family to understand their child's development. So now the first thing is you want to focus their attention. Help kids pick up the story details by verbally pointing out specific parts of what they're watching. Let's use Coco Melon, for example. Do you see the ducks? How many ducks are there? Count. You know, like they have a song that counts, but you count. Don't just listen to them counting. Count. One, two, right? What color are the ducks? Where's the duck's mommy? Who is with the duck? JJ, if if you've seen Coco Melon. You have a lot of toy ducks. Where are your toy ducks? What sound does the toy duck make? Or what sound does the duck make? These are all things that you can ask. Remember, it's not rapid fire questions. I'm just giving you examples. You need to give them like a pause to allow them to respond. So an example would be, what sound does the duck make? Quack, quack, quack goes the duck. So you're giving them some time to respond. But that is how you can utilize things in the TV show or in the movie to generate response in real life. It's also great to ask the whys and hows, who, what, when, why, where, how questions to get your kids to use new words and think through what they're seeing. Remember, cognitive development, processing, thinking about things rather than just consuming and just saying, okay, this is what it is. Ask questions. Say, who is that? JJ, where, where do they live? Why are they doing what they're doing? Where's their mom? Where's their dad? If you have a dad or if you're watching a programming with the same sex couple, whatever you are doing, you want to ask them those open-ended questions that are not just yes or no questions. If they're younger, like 18 months, even under two years, they may not respond. But as they get older, they will start to respond. So these are all things that you can use even from a young age. Bring it back to real life. So just say you see a uh, character fall in a TV show or movie. 
Oh, he fell. Remember when you fell and hurt your knee? You were so brave. What do you do when you get a boo-boo? Do you take some deep breaths? Do you breathe a little bit and then ask for a hug if you need it? Do you come to mommy if you need it? You're showing them resiliency and showing them how to respond to real life situations from things that you're seeing in a TV show. So listen, like if you're co-viewing, you're going to get so much out of this. There's going to be so much learning that can happen. Expand on what your kids say. So rephrase information from the show or things your kids have said back to them. Relate details to their own life or add new information. So if they're scared of something, you can say, oh, it, it doesn't feel good to be scared. But sometimes it's okay to be scared. What can we do for feeling scared? This is great for an older child. Like just say if your child's over two, two and a half, has a you know more elaborate vocabulary. But remember, these are all the principles that we're doing that you can start from an early age. So when Ryan was 14 months, it was really more of that focusing the attention and not really those open-ended asking of questions, but more just pointing things out Look at the duck, the yellow duck. Duck, duck goes quack, quack. You know, I'm using what I'm seeing in a TV show, which he's obviously attending to. He has joint attention to build that language vocabulary. Now, if you can't co-view, because I know this happens and you're going to be busy and you're using screen time as a way to do dishes or do something in your home and just need a break, that's okay. Do not stress. This is just tips to incorporate. People will ask me, well, how much should I do of co-viewing? How much should I do of non? You will decide what works best for your family. We tend to do more co-viewing at this age because I like it for the break. I tend to do chores when Ryan is independently playing, but for you, that might not be an option. If you have multiple kids, it may not be an option, but that's what works for our family. So if I am watching, I may be on my laptop doing work or answering emails, but I'll have the screen on and then I'll chime in and I'll say, oh, we'll watch Thomas the Train and I'll see the choo-choo and I'll say, what's her name? Her name is Emily. Emily's very helpful to Thomas. You know, we'll, we'll go through all of that and talk about the characters and sometimes he'll just listen and sometimes he'll respond, but it's that repetition that can help. So if you're not co-watching, some questions you can ask after, especially if your child is older. Just say like your child is three and up. What happened in the show you watched today? What did the character do? How did it make you feel when they did that? You can insert the character's name. Why do you like this show? What makes you feel happy about this show? What makes you feel not so good about this show? Like ask them these open-ended questions. And what was your favorite part of today's show? So these are things that you can do at dinner time or before bed to connect what they saw in a TV show or movie later on. If something was scary, you can say, hey, I saw that you were a little scared during that that movie today. Why did it make you feel like that? Do you wanna talk to mommy about it? These are all things that you can do to foster resiliency and foster just development from what they're seeing. I'm overall far less worried about the hours of screen time than I am on how we are utilizing screens and if you are balancing it with other developmentally enriching activities. For example, if you are co-watching with a 19-month-old for two to three hours when the recommendation is limit to an hour, this is much better than allowing solo screen time. This is much better than sticking them in front of the TV and never engaging with them at all. And I know a lot of you listening are not doing that. My concern with screen time is if we use it as the only medium of development. And my other concern with screen time is if we're over-utilizing it and it's impacting their sleep, their eating, their behavior... It's a big picture. So if you're utilizing it and your child still knows the boundaries and goes to bed, your child still does the chores around their house if they're older, 
if they're doing what needs to happen to keep the family running and to keep them healthy from a developmental perspective, from high quality sleep and from, you know, eating, then you can make your rules. It doesn't have to be so AP rules, but do remember that co-viewing is something that can be very beneficial. And it is not the only way we play with our children, but it can be used in our arsenal of play to provide quality development when we are watching something with our child that they are engaged in and we are engaged with as well. Thank you for tuning in today. If you find this series helpful or any of my content helpful, please make sure to share it on your social media channel because that is how other people can find this resource. So thank you so much for joining us and I will talk to you next week. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.